I don't know, as uh, Pastor Rod said, how your week went. And uh, my week was interesting. My oldest wiener dog, I have two of them now, and the oldest one, I took her for a long walk on Monday, uh, the younger one and the older one. She seemed to love that. I think it was a whole three kilometers. Can you believe this big guy could walk that far? She just loved it. And then Tuesday, I got up and she was sick as a dog. Ha, ha, ha. She was sick. And uh, by Wednesday, she, her stomach was billowing out. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And my wife and I, like, we love our pets, but we don't spend everything we own on them. And so we had a tough decision to make. So uh, I finally thought, okay, we'll take her to the vet. We'll just see. And, of course, the vet starts running through the cost. And I'm going, she goes, what are you willing to spend? And I'm going, how much does it cost to put her down? But anyway, I never thought that. So I, I, I let the vet keep her overnight. I won't tell you the bill I got the next day, but it was pretty big, but she's still alive. But it was just another plank in my week, another thing that kind of went a little sideways. And, and sometimes you look back in your week and you go, you know, maybe you lost a loved one. That's a big thing. But often it's just like the little death by a thousand cuts. And that was a little bit of my week last week. And so I, I come this morning a little tired. And I can tell you, I need to hear this sermon that I'm preaching today. I really need it. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, as we go to your word this morning, as, as the closing song that we're going to sing today, it's titled, Word of God Speak. And uh, I, I actually deleted my original title and I put that up because, oh God, we so desperately need to hear your word. Your word is our foundation. Your word is the thing that feeds our souls. And so many of, so many of us, we, we might even have a little bit of a physical handicap. Uh, we might have some emotional wounds and hurt. Uh, that's already brought us kind of below the waterline. And then we neglect our souls and feeding our thirsty souls so much. And we wonder why we feel so bad. So <laughs> the word of God, speak today. Uh, come alive. Uh, cut to the marrow of our bones. Let, let our hearts just be overwhelmed to the point of sorrow. But beyond that, to a point of celebration. God, do a special and powerful work this morning. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So we've experienced an unprecedented turnout for our Hearing God series. As you heard, 385 people have come. Now, I want to be clear. I don't believe it has anything to do with me. And you go, well, you've been inviting, you've been explaining. Well, sure enough, all I've been doing, though, is pointing to the Word of God and our relationship with Him. In my prayer, you heard me pray that we all have a soul, and so many of us never feed our souls. Oh, let me explain that, sure. Yeah, you listened to that program as you were driving home, Charles Stanley, whoever, for the 10 minutes it took you. Yeah, I fed my soul, Pastor. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you listened or read one verse, and that's better than nothing, I will say that. But do we feed our souls? 
through the hearing God, and I especially said to my group last week, don't get caught up in the method. Because hearing God does describe and help people with some methods to let the word of God, to let the presence of God feed your soul. But I will argue with anybody, don't get caught up in the method, but you better have a method. You've got to have a way that your soul is being fed. And a lot of us, in real examination, looking at our last week, looking at all the little deaths by a thousand cuts, was your soul being fed? For many, we have a history of people claiming God told them something that we felt was wrong or unbiblical, or some of us even have thought we've heard God did what we thought, and it's gone really bad. Or, or some of us have been in a church that's come off the rails because people heard from God. Honestly, sin has left a mark on mankind, and it's made us all really insecure. And many of us succumb to claiming God has spoken to us, and we love to go, thus saith the Lord. The Lord has just spoken to me. I pick on somebody even sitting up front here. Uh, Dallas, I was talking, I visited with Dallas last. The Lord has spoken to me, Dallas, and then I could tell him all sorts of stuff. And it makes me feel powerful. And we all have succumbed to that, that insecurity in us. And so what it really has done, though, is it, it really has shut us down. Our soul isn't being fed. We're not reading the word of God. We're not praying and listening. We're not doing as Pastor Rod said, reading a psalm, meditating on it, thinking about it, letting the Holy Spirit work it into our lives and our circumstances and our situation. And we end up being so dry. You can imagine how saying God has told me to you fill in the blank, how it can be used to manipulate people, and I suspect one of the reasons why we don't want to hear from God and we don't want people to say God has told me to is because we've been hurt, we've been misled. I want this morning to really pound this home. I want to keep stressing that hearing God is not an exact science. Never ever, you heard that? This preacher's being emphatic. Never, ever say God has said. Unless you're quoting the Bible. Quoting the Bible, say it all you want. Well, sometimes people are good at quoting and taking things out of context, something Satan said, and we say, well, the Bible says, and it's actually Satan talking in the Bible, so be careful of that. But never, ever say God has said. Getting hearing God right never happens, listen to this, it never happens without reading and studying the Bible. In fact, the primary way God speaks to his people is through his written word. Listen to what the Bible says of itself. The Bible clearly states that it was written by God. 2 Peter 1.20 in the New Testament says, above all, that's an emphatic statement, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture, nothing written in the Bible, friends, came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. 
For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. The Bible never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, though prophets, though human, now understand, because if a lot of people try to say, well, the Bible isn't the word of God, or else wouldn't it have all the same vocabulary, and it's in two different languages, and, and you know, the book of John, if you didn't know, is in very simple Greek. We read it in English, we have no idea, but I remember taking Greek in, in college, and we would go to the book of John because it's written so simply. But I think about John, the book of John, and I, I think about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. I think about the I am's in the book of John. I am the way, I am the gate, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, lots of really good I am stuff. I love the book of John because God spoke through John in his simplicity. God gave John just enough vocabulary, just enough understanding that God could speak through him his words. So carried by the Holy Spirit, though human, the text says, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this morning I got up and uh, usually in, you know, method, um, I'm sitting in my chair having a cup of coffee. I sat there and said, God, is there anything you need to say to me today? You know, usually I'm thinking, is there some sin in my life? Because I don't want to preach with sin in my life. Is there, like, am, do, do you have some encouraging words to cheer me up, to make me feel pumped up a little bit? So I'm sitting there, and God goes, Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. And I'm going, Nehemiah, and he's going, you know, that story. That story about Ezra when he reads the word of God and everybody's overwhelmed and they start to cry and weep and I'm like, ooh, so I Google it because I didn't know exactly where is Nehemiah 8. So I'm reading Nehemiah 8 and sure enough, it's a story, Ezra the prophet picks up the word of God, the law, and he starts to read it out loud. And then you get to this verse. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is a holy day to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. And then it explains this. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. In fact, the prophet goes on to say, it's time to celebrate. Your soul just got fed. You just heard the words of life and the words of truth. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool, God. I think I'll share that this morning. You see, we need to understand that the Bible is really an operating manual for us human beings. Listen to this scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. And if you've been in the church any time, I hope you've memorized this. All scripture is, same kind of theme, God breathed. And is useful for, listen to this, for teaching, Rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, if that hasn't felt a little heavy to you, you're not a human being, because I read that and go, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Ooh. But listen to the explanation. So that, listen to it, so that the servant of God, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly 
equipped for every good work. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you know there's something urging you on the inside to do good works, to be kind, to be loving, to reach out, to care for others. I mean, it's really clear when Jesus talked about the Lord's Prayer that as he flows and pours into us, as, as we are forgiven, then we start to forgive others. As, as he begins to feed us, we begin to feed others. The other day I wanted to update, who has iPhones here? <coughs> I'm sorry that you have an iPhone. No, I, I'm kind of locked into the culture, and I, I did try the Android for a while, but uh, that's another whole story. Uh, one or another, doesn't matter. They both work. They both do the same things. And uh, so I wanted to update my iPhone. Did anybody update your iPhone this week, or did you read the mead? Don't update your iPhone. It's horrible. So I never get scared, and I just update my iPhone. So I went to my iPhone, because I have it on automatic updates, and I looked in the morning, and it wasn't updated. So I went into the menu and everything, and I, I said, you know, check for update. And it checked for, and it says, your phone is up to date. You know, with, I think it was 12.4 or whatever. I'm going, no, it isn't. There's a 13 out now. And I was like, oh, what's wrong? And so the next day, same thing. Your phone is up to date. No, it isn't, I said to myself. I've been reading the news, like our Canadian second class, maybe the Americans put themselves first again, and I'm thinking all these evil thoughts. And, uh, and then I thought, you know what? Maybe I should go to the source. So I searched Apple. Phone won't update. Boom. Apple site. A description of exactly... I had messed with my phone about six months ago, and I had ruined its ability to update. And it gave a really simple fix. And so I did it, and it worked. And it updated. I am so thrilled. I now have dark mode, and there's a whole bunch of other little features. And I, I created a little emoji of myself. It even has my little mole on it. I was so thrilled and excited. Woo, I got going, and it was so good. I, I tell you that to say that the Bible is like that. You're, you're kind of walking along life and you're feeling like it's kind of a mess. You don't know what's going on. Pick up your Bible and read it. Oh, maybe I shouldn't cheat the government of my taxes. I should give what is the government's what they want. There's Bible verse that talk about that. Or you've been living together with your girlfriend. Well, you can read about that in the Bible. Oh, shouldn't be doing that. Uh, the Bible is like a manual. It helps point out, uh, you know, I quote this verse all the time from Romans 12, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How in the world are you going to figure that out if you don't find out what God wants you to renew? If you're not reading your Bible, you're doomed. And I will argue with you, and so will the material we're watching, if you are not reading your Bible, don't even bother to try to listen to God. Because the Bible is very important in the process. The Bible is the primary way God will speak to you. When I was a brand new Christian, I sensed this thing in my soul, I shouldn't date non-Christian girls. It was a few years, in fact, before I read in the Bible that I'm not supposed to be unequally yoked. Hmm. That was good, I kind of somewhat knew that. I don't know if I'd heard it from somebody or whatever, and thank goodness, because I wanted and God called me to be a pastor, so if I had a non-Christian wife, that probably wouldn't go so well. The scriptures say, what do light and darkness have in common with each other? So I'm going to church to proclaim Jesus for you, the Holy Spirit shows up, I have an incredible morning, and I go home to my nun-saved wife, and she goes, hmm, 
and I can't say anything to her. Makes sense. The Bible's like an operating manual for us. It's very sad that few of us have even memorized much of the word of God at all. We haven't hidden anything in our hearts. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Friends, the Bible directs our decisions. It it lights things up. It helps us understand what and where we should go and do. You know, we're supposed to put off the old. We're supposed to put on the new. Well, what is the old? What's the world's way of thinking? I have been shocked how the world's thinking is creeping in. I won't even call it creeping in. It's been flooding into the church. There's not a day goes by when I don't read in the media, you know, famous mega church pastor starts to say that drinking till he's drunk and falling down is okay. And I'm going, where are they getting this from? It's not what my Bible says. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about uh, being a jerk, hitting people, or being a Bible thumper and hitting people over the head. But the word of God is alive. It's active. It, it, it lights up our path. It, it shows us where we're going. It, it helps us to know when the roots are going to make us trip. It helps us to know when our, our journey is off track. These days, uh, we have YouTube, and uh, we can watch a video to fix almost anything, Right? A few years ago, it's a lot of years ago now, actually, probably at least 10, my youngest boy, he saved up money, he was going to buy himself an iPhone, so we went to Best Buy, and uh, he was young, so I had to sign for it and everything, so he hands me the phone, he's on his motorbike, he hands me his phone, and uh, he says, Dad, can you just take it home, because we didn't have a case yet, he said, I don't want to drop it, I don't want it to break, I mean, he just paid a lot of money, so I put it in my pocket, and when I get in the car, I set it on my lap in the car. I'm, you know, going to protect this little phone. I'm not going to let it break. I get all the way home, and I open my door, and I go to swing my legs out of the car, and the phone flips off my lap, lands upside down on the driveway. I pick it up. It's smashed. (laughs) My son drives up in his motorbike. (laughs) And I show him the phone, and he, like he just sat there, what did you do, Dad? I'd have been better off to take it home myself. And I said, yeah, you probably, I said, don't worry, son, we'll get her fixed. And at that point, I can tell you, I barely had two coins to rub together. I didn't have a lot of money. We had just moved here. I still owned two houses. It was, I said, we'll figure it out. And so I'm sitting there going, and the internet was getting pretty good by then, so I went online on YouTube, and I found a video how to replace the glass. So I ordered some glass from another site, don't know who it was, and uh, I remember sitting down going through, I watched the video about four times, and then uh, I started trying, you see how fat these fingers are? Do you know how little those screws are? So I said, son, you may only be 16, but you're gonna have to do this. So he watched the video a few times, and then he went through, stop, through, stop. He got the screen changed, and it worked. Problem averted. You see, the Bible's like that to us. If you're reading it, if you're memorizing it, you know, a lot of the times the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, is in us, and the Holy Spirit has very little to work with. At the very end of this service, we're going to have a song that says, Word of God, Speak. If you never read it, if you never memorize it, if you never go to church very often, or you never, you know, you can see the problem. 
YouTube videos will help you a little bit. You know, read, you know, YouTube video, a sermon, Andy Stanley, whoever it might be. Like, for goodness sakes, like, let the word speak and move in you. How in the world do we expect to get things right without the Bible? How can we even know if we're conforming to the world's ideas without the Bible? Friends, the Bible was meant to be ingested for our health. It was meant to be ingested. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's interesting that the whole verses leading up to this passage is hitting home this thought that God's word is going to direct you, it's going to change you, it's going to transform you. This text is clear. Know your Bible. Memorize it. Store it deep inside your soul. Now, you guys know my wife struggles a little bit with depression. And over the time that she's had depression, we've come to understand some stuff. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. So three things. If 100% is perfect person before the fall, and 33% of body, soul, and spirit each make up the 100%, and if you're not feeding your soul at all, and so that brings you down to 66%, and you're not eating right and exercising properly, and that brings you down to 40%, I won't give you it all away, and you have a lot of emotional scars and wounds from your life and things that have gone, and you're down to like 20, 30%, no wonder you feel awful. My wife and I have come to understand you need to eat right and exercise, bring that up. You need to work through the emotional baggage and hurt that you have. And did you know when you read the Bible, it talks about being healed? James 5 is really good. You know that hurt and that pain, whether you need to go to a counselor, a psychiatrist, whatever it is, you can get that stuff healed. The Lord just healed something in my life just two weeks ago. It went right back to my grade one life when I had a teacher that took away a line for me in a play and told me I wasn't smart enough. And if you, It just hurt my soul and it tainted and it filled my heart with a lie that just dogged me my whole life. Am I over my stuff? No, I'm not. There's all the pathways and everything. But so suddenly my 33%, 33%, 33% is rising. But then we never feed our souls. Let's say 50%, you need to get at least up to there. And you never feed your soul. You never read the word of God. And you go, and, and your life keeps having the same mistakes over and over again. This week, both Carolyn and I had a, a lot of negative activity in our lives. It, it was like we both felt it was a demonic attack. 385 people going through hearing God. Do you think Satan's a little upset? Do you think he wants to take me out, the elders, all the elders and the staff, we've all agreed, this has been a tense, intense, tough time the last couple of weeks. So I'm in my chair Friday morning, and I'm journaling, and I'm talking to God about this, that, and the other thing, and then the thought comes up, man, I've been under such spiritual attack. I thought, okay, so ask God, this was in my journal, what can I do to help all this attack that's coming on my wife and I. And I, I wanted, this is a direct quote from what I feel he said to me. The point is, Anthony, I am the protector and fighter. You need to proclaim my victory. That's it. Proclaim Jesus. 
Wherever you go, wherever you are, proclaim him. So I thought, hmm, good thought. Thinking about it, is it biblical? Doesn't seem to contradict anything I know. So later in the day, I'm brushing my teeth, and I often will listen to scripture in audio, and I've got my iPhone out, listening to the scriptures. Boy, this is an iPhone day. I should get some money for that. And I started where I last left off, and it's John chapter one. Has anybody read John chapter one lately? It's all about Jesus. He created the world, he's perfect. He came into the world, the world didn't recognize him. It goes on to talk about his victory, what he did on the cross, all that kind of stuff, and I'm going, proclaim Jesus' victory, he's fought the fight, it's over. And it's still kind of bugging me and nagging me, and I'm going, did I hear from God? Just proclaim Jesus. And I get this sense. Now, one of the staff members earlier in the week had mentioned that they were in the book of Colossians and it talked a lot about Jesus. And I'm going, what does Colossians say again? I should go look there. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. And so I just start Colossians chapter one. Have you read it lately? Especially when you get about halfway through. It's all about Jesus and his victory and what he's done for us. Proclaiming Jesus' victory, what I heard from God. I'm sitting here going, hmm, maybe it's right. Oh, it doesn't stop. This gets even more interesting. So I'm telling my wife, I was so excited. I sat down on the couch beside her and I'm telling her my journey through John 1 and I tell her about Colossians 1 and she goes, Where, whereabouts in Colossians? Whereabouts? And I keep telling my and she keeps trying to interrupt me and I go, okay, it, it was this passage. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created for, through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church, and on and on it goes. She grabs her journal from that morning, opens up the page and shows me, it's this exact passage the Lord had given to her. It's not your battle, Anthony. You just need to proclaim and stand under my authority. Are you there? Do you hear me? Now, I have a question, and I don't want you to answer because I don't want you to, it's a little bit of a trick question because I've kind of fed you all this stuff and it, you might get the wrong impression. Do you think I was 100% sure that God spoke to me? No. And you're going, what? All those circumstances, well, I can tell you this for sure. What I heard God say to me was biblical. So it certainly wasn't harmful. That's what the word of God is like. You can hear his voice and you can put it through the filter of the scriptures. You can have your wife reading it to you. And God wants this kind of relationship. He, he wants you to have this dynamic, you know, kind of moments like in Nehemiah where they're all weeping and crying. They've heard the word of God. God wants to speak to you like that. So in conclusion, don't get excited. It's a long conclusion. I want to end with a couple of explanations. If you're not hearing from God, one of these may apply for you. Now this is in the Hearing God Manual under Appendix C. I'm not gonna read you them all, I just picked out what I thought were my favorite ones. If you're not hearing from God, number one, you don't really want to hear from God. 
Somebody this week came to me and said, you know what, I realized I had such a bad view of God that I didn't want to hear from him because all the people in authority in my life, they were all abusive, manipulative, and mean. And I was sure God was going to treat me like that. But they said, when I read the God of the Bible, when I read the scriptures, I know that I've been wrong. God doesn't treat me like that. He loves me. So I've let God speak to me. Now, number two, if you're not hearing from God, you may have unconfessed sin in your life. Did, are you aware that that kind of thing can block when you're sinning? I mean, it's just logical, right? Because when I had little kids in the home and they were completely being disobedient and disrespectful and, and they didn't listen to a word I said, like when I'm literally, they're sinning against me, I mean, I could even be trying to talk to them, but if their hearts aren't right and they're sinning, if they're rebellious, are they going to hear a word I say? No. See, you may have unconfessed sin. Number three, you may not have been taught how to hear God. And I will tell everybody this hearing God stuff, it's not rocket science. Don't overcomplicate it like I said last two weeks ago. It's sort of like a multiple choice exam. The first thing that comes to your mind, God speaks in a still, small voice. Run it through the scriptures. Run it through your friends. Number four, you may have unbelief. You might say, does God really speak? Does God really care about me personally? Read the Bible. He does speak. Have you read the book of Acts lately? We just went through that. Does God care about you specifically? Uh, he knows the hairs on your head, the Bible says. Absolutely God wants to speak to you. Uh, number five, you may have fear it will end in chaos in the church. And you've probably been in a church where that's happened. And I would argue it was a church that didn't listen to the word. Didn't run everything through a filter. And again, as I said, don't ever, ever say God has said dot, dot, dot. Hold it loosely and say, well, I've had this dream or I had this thought. Does it mean anything? And if it does to somebody, they'll go, oh, wow, that is insightful. Oh, yeah, that resonates with me. Or, or they might go, you know, in the Bible, God's been giving me this verse and it goes exactly with that. Number six, you may be too busy. Rod talked about that. How busy we all are. Death by a thousand cuts. The truth is, we all have time for the things that are important to us. That weekly TV show, for me it's science fiction. I have to confess, and this is Pastor Matt's fault. I told him I like science fiction, he told me of a series on Netflix, three seasons. I got through it in two weeks. <laughs> 13 episodes, an hour long, and I, it was awful. I was so obsessed, but I will say I was still listening to God. But we all have time when we want to make it. Maybe that's why I'm tired. Quit watching. I'm going to get rid of Netflix. Number seven, you may be talking instead of listening. Well, I'm the preacher and I can talk a lot. But I hope there's a point in time in my life when I stop and I meditate and I listen. Number eight, you may have fear of confusing your thoughts with God's thoughts. That's why we go to the Bible. Is this really from God? Does it contradict? I'm not 100% sure God said that, but I'm confident that the Bible teaches it, and it was a good principle. There's lots more, but you can, at some point, if you're not in the hearing God, you can grab a hold of that book. So here's my conclusion of the conclusion. Are you aware that God now calls you a friend? 
If you've received Jesus, you've said in humility, not in rebellion, not sinfully, but you said, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. When you did that, he now calls you his friend. And please, number two, don't confuse your lack of hearing God for a lack of God talking. God wants to communicate to his people. He wants a relationship with you. And finally, see, make it a habit to read your Bible often. Make it a habit. Now, this is the other verse that God gave me this morning, Hebrews 4.12. Listen really carefully. I mean, even like meditate on this. Like, like Nehemiah ate this. Let it soak in. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul, spirits, and joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. When we have not memorized it, when we have not read, 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 read it, how in the world do we function in this world that's constantly bombarding us with this is okay and that's okay and if you're really a loving person you'll accept this and you'll accept that and you'll do this and you won't do that. How do you go anywhere without reading the word? Do you get the sense that for the word of God is alive and is active that, that we have a soul that's thirsty and needs fed? Are you hearing the scriptures this morning? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, in a moment we're going to be singing that song, Word of God Speak. And I am convinced, God, that as the Scripture says, the Holy Spirit's in us, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and with the Holy Spirit in us, counseling and talking and speaking to us, when we have the Word of God, which is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, when we have memorized it, when we have read it, when we have meditated upon it, there's so much more material for the Holy Spirit to use. I think of John with his simple Greek. He had enough Greek to actually speak some incredible, profound thoughts from you. And for many of us, we don't have much material to work with. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. And we get this kind of simple, well, maybe I shouldn't date a non-Christian girl, but we don't have any foundation. We don't have any basis. We don't have any truth. We don't have the word of God alive and active working in us. Forgive us, God, as we sing this song. Let, let your Holy Spirit speak to us and, and give us a method that works with us. Give us a way where we can hear your word and read your word and take moments to meditate on your word and let your word speak to us. And God, this is gonna show up in our workplaces. When we have changed hearts and changed lives, when, when we don't get combative, when we don't get angry, when we don't get upset, when we don't uh, turn into a blue streak of swearing, when we don't take people's words wrong, because your word is in us swirling around. It, it is healing, it is feeding, it is, it is encouraging, it is causing us to have some humility. And God, would you speak to us as we sing these words? Would the, would the word just come out powerfully in these words? Uh, God, maybe that one verse that we memorized as a little kid, may, may it pop to the forefront of our minds. Word of God, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. God, speak. You want a relationship with us, and may that happen right now in this place. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.